It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5740. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872. The builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark. Home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook. America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.com. US. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to Sports X Radio, a fish tank edition. Believe in the process. I am your host, Andrew the Fish Vane. With me, as always, the man behind the glass. He does it all. He's a producer. He's a co-host. He hosts the Mark Hoke Show every Sunday from 8 to 10, sometimes 8 to 9, right here on KDWN. He is... Mark the Magnificent Hoke, and this is, as I said, Sports X Radio, the Fish Tank Edition, right here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM. So nice, it's on twice. Mark, See, You almost got that right. It's uh, so nice, it's on your dial twice. Yes, but it's also on twice. I'm not wrong. What's on twice? The show, the... Yes. You know, the, my voice is so magical and lyrical that they have to put it on twice, just in case you only get FM or AM. I am going to highly disagree with that, Raspy Man. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm also an editor too. Oh, I'm not ready to go on strike. If I start telling and, people all that stuff, that people are going to start getting jealous. Babysitter. Uh, I'm, as, the, I'm the wall. By the way, that is my nickname on some of our other shows that we have here. The wall. Yes, I am the wall. Do you know why I'm the wall? I could think of several reasons, but you're probably none of them correct. What is the, the reason you are the wall? The telephones ring. I answer them. And okay. sometimes when those telephones ring, our hosts really don't want to hear what's yes. going on, on, on I got that your side. number. It's the one across the hall. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we got to hit that dump button as we did tonight <laughs> on the earlier show. I am the wall between... People's shows well, getting destroyed and the station a, getting fined. Think of this show as constipation because there'll be no dumps tonight. You know, you actually, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this right now just for fun. Do you, since I've been working here, it's been about, a, it's been a couple years yes, since, I, since I've been working yep. here at KDWN, and I love working here. But do you know that I think, I mean, other than like Mean Gene, I think, who, you know, was, has just been on here for a little bit. Spottingly. I thought you meant Mean Gene Oakland. No. <laughs> it's, it's the Mean Gene Show, which is on right. at 8 o'clock on Saturday night during football season. I am the only host 
that has not sworn on the air. I have not sworn you, on the air. I had you to dump you one I, time. You, you said an S bomb. You thought no, I did. I I'll find it. it. I'll find it. You did you're, it. You you're know going it. To Don't have to do that, dude. I'm telling you. Regardless, welcome in everybody. Uh, one game mouth. left for week three of the NFL <laughs> season, and that would be the Giants and Cowboys in a typical uh, NFC East battle. It is now 23 to 16 as the Giants just kicked the field goal with about uh, a little over two minutes to play, I would say. Uh, yeah, 337 it looks like. Uh, Giants, I would imagine, would onside kick it here. But uh, no, they probably have enough time to kick it deep. The, the, the ice bins are going to be filled with NFC East quarterbacks this week. As Carson Wentz got sacked nine times. He got hurt. Man, it's like, it's like the old days in Philadelphia for him. Daniel Jones, I think they said, had been pressured 21 times tonight. 21? It, it was a rough week all the way oh. around in the NFL for a, a lot of different people and a lot of different teams as well. The Buffalo Bills had a tough one in Miami. And, you know, hats off to the Miami Dolphins. If you look at the stats of that game, just the stats, you would have thought the Bills destroyed them. And I mean, time of possession was over 40 minutes to under 20 minutes in favor of the Bills. Yards were like over 400 to 212 for the Buffalo Bills. Everything was in the Bills' favor except the final score, and that's a credit to Miami. That, you know, one thing that I've noticed around the league this year is the defenses on a lot of teams are coming to play this year. Now, the, the pinball machine time is not this season. You know whose defense didn't come to play this year, or at least yesterday? Who is that? The Los Angeles Chargers, giving up 38 to the first-place Jacksonville Jaguars. Partially a product of the offense couldn't get anything going. Herbert was hurt. but Yeah, but if you're starting Chase Daniel, you're not going to win that game either. You know, if they'd start Easton Stick, they might win that game. Yeah, I'm, I'll just throw that one out. Yeah, maybe. Go Bison. Maybe. Go Bison. <laughs> Another and and North Dakota State guy. Well, I guess you lose one in Trey Lance. You have to add throw someone else in there. Easton's been on their roster for a while. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah, I want to see him. I want to see him get a shot someday. Well, the problem is, you know, if he goes in there, he doesn't want to get treated by the training staff because we saw what happened to Tyrod Taylor. He's now suing the Chargers training staff. That was terrible. Yeah. I, that that is one of the worst. Medical errors I have ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, that was uh, two years oh, ago. I think it was, and they punctured a lung. Correct? Yeah, they punctured. Yeah, actually a lung. Yeah, yeah, punctured a lung. Oops. <laughs> Minus ten charger points, <laughs> to say the very least. But it, it's it's been an interesting week. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, a game by all rights they should have won, did not, losing to the previously winless Colts. That's too bad. That yeah. breaks my heart. Yeah, I, I can no, see. And I was watching some of that game. I, you know, I love having NFL red zone. That's got to be nice. It's so nice. Spe- it's so nice. I say, speaking of winless, the Las Vegas Raiders. Wow. Still winless on the season, 0-3. That is and a game stunning. That, that they came back and, and could have tied it, but were unable to get the two-point conversion. I don't know what is going on with that team because they are very talented. They are. They just can't. Put it together. Well, the, and the, it's it, five, there's only five players that are causing the problem. They are the left guard, the left tackle, the center, the right guard, and the right tackle. Hey, I'll come down and come out of retirement. Yeah, and you could be the wall again. Hey, yeah. Hey, that, I can snap. I can still snap that football, baby. That offensive line. Give me, just, just snap, baby. Give me three weeks of conditioning. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to go. Call me. Call me, coach. Uh, I got you. I got you. Call me. Maybe. Uh, how how uh, long do you think I'd last in an NFL game? Now, I'm pretty, I mean... Depends, do you have the ball I, first or is the other I, team I, on defense first? I, I, I don't break, but I, I, I have 
Because when I played football, I was a lineman, and anybody that knows me knows I'm not the tallest guy in the world. No, but you're probably like an anchor. But I could take some brutality. I would imagine uh, you'd probably I wrestled last, too, you'd probably so. last a drive. I I think I could get through two. I could get through maybe I, a play. <laughs> I think I would find a way to because I because I always you know when I wrestled or played football, I always had to deal with the guys that were weight you know much taller than me. So I had to adapt that strategy. Now, admittedly, not taking on guys that were three hundred and some pounds. I did actually get to play against a couple NFL guys that went to the NFL. Or at least one I know. I'd have to. I, I know there's somebody else, but Ricky Waters I got to play against. Oh wow! Okay, he's not just any NFL player. He was a solid to very good running back. <laughs> he ran past me in the district playoffs. I would imagine um, he ran past <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> he was pretty good. There, there's but, probably only one position in the entire NFL that I could play and last longer than a, a, a drive or a play, and that would be punter. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it would be interesting to see if I could actually survive eight plays. <laughs> in an NFL game, because I I wouldn't unless they knock me out on the first one. I'm getting up. I'm Rudy in that baby. I, I would say but, that you, you know, have a much better shot than I would. Man, it would be. I would. I would love to do it. I've done crazy stuff like that. I, before. I'm sure most people would. And, and by the way, it is the Cowboys' ball. Third and seven now on the 41. Uh, <laughs> Two forty left. Watch McCarthy gag this one off. Uh, you know, first oh. of all, don't say that because it, it's very possible because that is Dallas and McCarthy. But that would mean the Giants would be three and zero if they win this game. Do you? By the way, do you know what the two divisions? No matter what happens in this game, the two divisions that are going to have the best win loss records are. I guess the NFC East. NFC East is one. Uh, don't look. I'm watching. I'm not, him, I'm not looking. I'm. I, I Andrew Fishman is not looking here I've on Sports Radio. For a second, uh, not. It can't be the South because the Falcons have already lost two games. I've had the Panthers. Uh, it can't be the AFC East. Although the AFC East isn't too horrible. The Jets have one win. The Dolphins. No. The Dolphins have three. That's no. no, not the East. Uh, the AFC North. Nope. Try the NFC North. NFC North. Okay. Other than the Bears, they're all pretty good. I mean, the Lions are one and two, but the, could, the ironically Lions could be three and zero. Oh. They are in last place at one and two, but Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, two one. Very nice. Chicago. That's right. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago is two and one. Even though he Justin Fields looked absolutely horrible yesterday. Yeah that 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 team's a train wreck. You know, when it was funny is when we did our NFL preview a few weeks ago, and I sat down. And I'm ticking wins and losses. I think I had the Bears with two wins, so they they have exceeded my. Yeah, and, and when you do that, that you know there's going to be a couple more in there somewhere. So you expect them maybe win four. I'm I'm stunned they got two, but they got the rain game against San Francisco, and then they ended up actually winning a game against Houston. And I th- think I, I think I had Houston. Uh, I don't know. But are you more surprised at the fact that the Giants are two and one or or two and zero, oh, possibly three and zero? Oh? Or the fact that the Raiders are 0-3. The Raiders. That is... I mean, I know that schedule wasn't easy, but the the Arizona game... The Arizona game was bad enough. But losing to Tennessee... Killer. Killer. I mean, the Chargers... They're, they're not a good team. You, and you think... Everyone loved the Chargers this year. They're 1-2. and two. Hard to say. Look, you know, I, I really felt like going into the season, Kansas City was still the class of the division. And they are. But I I still like the Raiders and the Chief and the uh, the car, the Chargers, you know, to get to eleven, 
And it's you know, funny and because boy, I don't know. I mean, I think the Chargers are still going to get there, but record, the Raiders had better figure this out fast. Record, They're record, in trouble. Record wise, the Broncos are two and one, but I would say on the field. If they're playing, I'd take the Raiders over the Broncos. The Broncos do not look good, even though they've won two games. Um, you know, the Broncos' defense is pretty good, but that offense is... I mean, that, that game against San Francisco set football back 20 years. Yeah, everyone thinks that Russell Wilson was, like, going to be the savior, and he has not looked good. Is this a product of the starters not playing in the preseason? All of this has gone on because the Colts haven't looked good. Matt Ryan obviously didn't play. But I felt like at the beginning of the season when they, they lost their wide receiver that that was going to be big trouble for that offense because it was an offense to me that was teetering on the edge of being good. We're talking about the, 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 the Broncos. Broncos right now. Well, they still have Jerry but, Judy. But if you if you took one piece away, it could be one of those house of cards situations. And I, unfortunately, I think that's what's going on in Denver. Now, okay, give them credit. They got they scraped out wins, and I didn't think they could beat the Niners. But I, I still think what's you know as I, as I think about it, and these thoughts are just coming to my head as I'm thinking about it. I, what's more impressive to me actually is not the fact that the Dolphins are three and zero, although that's impressive. It's the fact that they did it last week with offense, and this week with defense. It, it both sides of the ball are playing tremendous football. And you know the thing, well. But here's well, here's going to be my gripe about Miami on the other side, though. Yes, they're three and zero, but my criticism is going to be the Buffalo Bills were missing half of their defensive starters this in- week, including half. including the All Pro defensive safeties in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Hyde done for the season, and Poyer, who was just out for this game, hopefully will be back next week. And that offense only put up twenty one points. Uh, I got questions. And they barely put up the 21. Right. Like I said, 212 yards of offense is not great. And apparently the Dolphins could be in big trouble because they it sounds like they rushed Tua back from the concussion protocol. Ooh, that'd be bad. Yeah. So, but so I, you know, I'm still, I mean, they're, they're undefeated. Good for them. But I'm not 100% sold on that team yet. But I like their defense. The thing is, I like a lot of defenses this year. Yeah, Man, absolutely. teams are, I don't know what it is that everybody came up with this year, but there are a lot of teams who aren't that good, but their defenses are keeping them in games well, at least. Defenses, I think, are always ahead of the offense going into the season. I don't. The last few years, it hasn't been that way. It doesn't seem like it's been that way, though. You know, it, it, it the seems Giants like Giants have gotten the ball back with a minute twenty-two. Oh, left. here they come. Let's see if the the Giants can. can I mean, the can prob- I get a tie problem, out the, of this? The, the problem is, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm like. I got to root for Daniel Jones to be the guy to rally the troops. I mean, Saquon Barkley has been an absolute beast. I've been, well, I've I've had this game on out of the corner of my eye, and boy, the Giants receivers has just been, got a case of the dropsies. Yeah. The the two drives ago, that was ridiculous. I mean, you can't fault Daniel Jones for that. And, oh, jeez, what are they doing out there? Well, they're they're playing Giants and Cowboys football. Yes, they are. Good for them. Those games are always (laughs) ugly. Sort of like when the Steelers and Ravens play. Those those games are some of the most fun to watch because those two teams absolutely hate each other. And they tear it. And it doesn't matter. It it seems like the games are always within three or four points, no matter who's good and who's bad. Yeah, and Baltimore kind of had a weird one this week, too, because New England was... In that game for a while, I, I was a little surprised. I thought Baltimore was going to really take it to them, and they 
They they, they put them away at the end, but next that was week, a pretty competitive game. Say, next week will be interesting because the Ravens host the Bills. So we'll get to see how good both teams are. I mean, the Bills could very easily fall to two and two. I think your guys are going to be good. As long as you get everybody back, but I think you're all right. And to I, me, one of the most interesting games on the schedule is your Eagles hosting Jacksonville. Oh, don't say that. Don't because, say that. Because the funny thing about the Eagles is if you only take the first half of games, they're the best team I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know the what the problem is. The games last 60 minutes, not 30. Massive concern. I'm an Eagles fan. I make no bones about it. But I'm I will be critical of them and I have to trust me. Go on my I mean, go on my I, Facebook page. I, I, um <laughs> I, I say, again this week you guys were up twenty four nothing at half. The final score was twenty four to eight. Sirianni is not making the halftime adjustments. Either that or they've just decided it's early in the season, we're getting these big leads, we're gonna kind of try and coast it in. But that's a terrible way to play football. No, and terrible I, way to play right, football. And what I think is interesting about it is, you know, people talk about him being coach of the year. I'm like, he's not. He's not doing a good job of coaching. The team is winning because the players are playing so well. Jalen Hurts, especially. Yeah, and you know that offense is loaded, and and really they should be putting up 30 points a game. You know, the one, and there's going to be more talk of that because let's say you know they they should beat Jacksonville this week. Let's be real here, but. As I, I had said, I mean, the it's, I, I don't think it's as easy as as people thought going into the season it was going to be. How's that? This schedule. So they get Jacksonville this week. Then they're at Arizona. Should win that game. Yeah, I, I would say this: they're going to have a tougher time at home with Jacksonville than they will on the road against the Cardinals. Yeah, let's let's not give Jacksonville the AFC Championship yet, Sean. I'm not giving them the AFC Championship, but nobody thought that Jacksonville was going to go into Los Angeles and beat the Chargers 38-10, yeah. to 10, with or without Justin Herbert. But they always do. They they find a way to win a couple of games every year that, you, not, that just make you like, shake your head. But that was, and you're that, like, how'd that happen? No, so. that was a, a complete domination. It looks like Trevor Lawrence finally has the coach that he needs in Doug Peterson. It shows you that Urban Meyer was absolutely the problem last year. Probably. The spread, I think it may be a little too high with the Eagles minus seven. Mm, that's tough. Yeah. And I would imagine I, I people think... are gonna people are not gonna believe the Jaguars. That line is gonna go up, and if it goes up higher than seven, I'll take the Jaguars plus seven and a half or more. I I could see a reasonable bet there, yeah. And but... the other game on the schedule that I think is gonna be incredibly fascinating is the next Sunday night game. Is the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay is not good. Well, Tampa Bay had all three of their top wide receivers out this week, too. That doesn't help. But Tom Brady, so, this is the first time Tom Brady's looked old. Yeah, but I, I think some of that is he's missing pieces. When he gets them back, I think they're going to be all right. You know, But that defense, geez, well, that, that's another team. You have you have so many good defenses in the league, and Tampa Bay's defense is going to keep them in every game this year. When was the last time Tom Brady was a home underdog? Couldn't tell you. I don't because know. they are two point dogs to the Chiefs, and they should be. But they it's get the Chiefs. They get three points for being at home. So they're saying the Chiefs are five points better than the Buccaneers right now. Yeah, because we don't know the status of their their wide receiving core yet. They. <laughs> If Brady doesn't have anybody to throw to, you know, might as well put you out there fish and let you run a couple uh, skinny posts. And <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of interesting spreads next week. Uh, the Colts three and a half over the Titans. Oh, geez. In Indy. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. 
The the Cowboys are three points better than the Commanders. Yeah. The Raiders are two point favorites over the Broncos. The Raiders haven't won. The Broncos are two and one, and the Raiders are still two point favorites. I love the Raiders minus the points. I think the Raiders win by a touchdown. They should. Boy, I'll tell you what. Could you imagine with all the hype coming into the season and they would go 0-4? If they go 0-4, is there any chance that Josh McDaniel's on the hot seat? Boy, I'd be thinking about it. You'd have to. How could you not think about it? With all the talent on the Raiders, I'm sure the guys are sitting around town right now, and if they're listening to SportsX Radio here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7.20 a.m. This is a fish tank leaving the process. And you're Andrew Fishfein, and I'm Mark Hope. That is correct. I'm sure their heads are spinning right now, like, what is going on? And and like I said, it's just really hard to put a finger on, because, I mean, I've seen enough of the games that they, they're just not getting a couple of timely plays here and there. They could easily, easily be undefeated right now. And, and here's one that you sh- we should have jumped on this line sooner, because it's gone to 10.5. But the Packers now 10.5-point favorites over the Patriots. Mac Jones will miss the game. Brian Hoyer starting. It's Hoyer time, baby. It's Hoyer God, time. Words you never want to hear. And uh, the game has gone final on Monday night. The Cowboys 23-16 to over the Giants. And all is right again in the NFC. The 17-0 <laughs> season done. Stop the dream it. is over for Good the New York Lord. Giants. Brian they, Dable gets suffers his first ever loss as a head coach. They were they were dreaming that they didn't go 0 seventeen this year. Well, so that that dream is is that dream died. This is that means the Cowboys, who everyone basically said is dead and buried after the week one loss, have now won two straight. And the rumor is that Dak may be back next week. You know, but the thing is, is that the Cowboys, while I I think offensively, you kind of wonder about them. Once again, really good defensive team. It's going to keep them in a lot of games. And all of the NFC East teams are benefiting from a really bad schedule this year, which is why I think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. I think the Eagles will win the division, but I like the Cowboys getting to the playoffs too, mostly just because of that factor than anything else. So, yeah. So they're I, not a bad, I mean, they're not a bad team. They're, I think they're going to be a wild card, and they'll be I, out in the first round. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're a team that – I mean, you're fooling yourself if you think that this team has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, but the Cowboys fans the will Cowboys, always think no, that. No, absolutely. And I know the transitive property is not something you can apply to sports. However, I will say we had, we got more proof on Saturday how bad Nebraska really is, <laughs> and they never even took the field. Mm. Ooh, that's a tease, baby. This is SportsX Radio, Fish Tank Vision, Believe in the Process. Happy New Year, by the way, to all my Jewish friends out there. Lashana Tova, it is Rosh Hashanah. So happy New Year to all of them. Just when I got used to writing 5356 on all of my checks. Oh, I love that joke. We, <laughs> we, we will be back in just a few moments and we'll discuss why Nebraska proved how bad they really are without even playing football. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, KDWN, 720 AM. We'll be right back. Jacob Friedman 
MJF, baby. He's better than you, and you know it. And if you don't believe it, he'll tell you. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to SportsX Radio on a Monday, a fish tank edition. Believe in the process. I'm your host, Andrew the Fish Fane. With me, as always, Mark the Magnificent. Easy for me to say. Mag- go, if you're going to go the Magnificent route, because what have we done now? We've done the Magician. Yep. We've done the Magnificent one. We've done Marvelous. We've done Marvelous. Mag- well, if you go Magnificent, you got to go Magnificent 1. Like Don a, Morocco. Yes, I, I, the Rock Don Morocco. Yeah, you the gotta, original Rock. Yeah, you got to you got to put the uh, the magnificent one in there. Okay, it's him, and this is Sports <laughs> Extra Radio on KDWN 101.5 FM, seven twenty AM. Now, before the break, I, I teased how a team could prove how bad they were without even taking the field. Yeah, let's the, hear this. The last time we saw the Nebraska Cornhuskers, <laughs> they were at home, had a seven nothing lead against Oklahoma. And then promptly got outscored forty-nine to seven the rest of the way. That's bad football. That game in Nebraska. That's not usually how you like to play. The no, game. and I, like I said, I know the transitive property does not work, but still, this week, Oklahoma was at home and got beat by Kansas State. Coach Kleiman, former NDSU so, coach. So that means Oklahoma probably not as good as some people thought. They dropped all the way from number six to number 19, I believe. Can I, I, you know, but I'm going to throw something out there too. I think Kansas State is better than a lot of people think. Yeah. That Tulane, I mean, and boy, I'll tell you what, are they kicking themselves for that Tulane loss last week or two weeks ago? Because where would they be right now? They'd be in one lane. If they had knocked off Uh, Oklahoma. One lane? Come on now. If they had knocked off, be undefeated with a road win at Oklahoma, uh, that's a top 10 team. But well, Right now, they're currently number 25. They'd be top 10. It's, what's funny is the three teams that dropped out of the rankings are three pretty uh, blue blood programs. Florida, Texas, and Miami all dropped out of the top 25. And all very well deserved, especially the Hurricanes. A- a- absolutely. Ugh. Are you kidding? All, all of them. Texas should have beat Texas Tech. Come on now. Yeah. Florida had the only argument they were playing a good team in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. You expected Tennessee was going to win that game. But there's an interesting stat about Middle Tennessee State and Miami. Do you know what the lifetime record is between those two teams? I do not, but I'm sure you're going to enlighten me. Middle Tennessee State is 3-0 and against the Miami Hurricanes. That's including this past week? Yes. That's impressive. Apparently they met back in... I think it was 1931 and 32. See, and, and back then, the Blue Bloods were teams like Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> so, so Middle Tennessee State has a has a scalp on the wall on that one. That's uh, I, funny. What I think is very interesting is looking at the top 25. Going into the season, everyone was blasting the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 has uh, one, two, three in the top 50, four in the top 15 in. Utah, Oregon, Washington, and USC. Yeah, and it's a shame Utah lost to Florida. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a bad loss, and it's getting worse every single week. Unfortunately. Uh, USC just got by Oregon State, who's a pretty good team. And Corvallis is a house of horrors for everybody. Yeah. And then you you, know, you keep rolling down, and it's like Utah, uh, Washington. Washington is a, a, a much better team than I think people thought Yeah, at 4-0. And Washington State, oh boy, losing that game to Oregon. There was a that that was a massive gack 
right there. Yes, and because and, they were in position, you know, you you go into and and even if Wisconsin ends up being a, a seven and five and eight and four team, a you, win in in, in Wisconsin is huge. Oh, absolutely. You could, if they could have ridden that all the way and you know not get into some of the big games in the Pac-12, and they're undefeated. You got to look at you'd have been having to look at that team, but I, alas, I, uh, I, I, as the kids say, I completely concur. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any actually any of the kids say that, but you know maybe they should. <laughs> well, there's probably a couple. <laughs> I think I might have said that when I was a kid because I was smart. Well, I will say this: that on Friday night we will know how good or bad two teams in the top twenty-five for the Pac-12 are. Because Washington is at UCLA. If UCLA is able to win that game, I think that puts UCLA in the top twenty-five. <laughs> you know, because they'll, the, they'll be hey, they'll the, be they'll be five and zero. Oh. Yeah, I I think they would deserve it at that point. I mean, it's, they they, they went into Colorado and just whooped up on well, the Buffaloes. Good lord! You know, if it wasn't for Air Force, the state of Colorado would just be. Devoid right of now. college football right Maybe, now. Other than, other than the, oh, I guess the Nuggets are good. But say other than the Nuggets and the Avalanche, uh, you know, the Broncos aren't exactly uh, tearing things up. The Rockies don't look good. And the, you know, of course, the the two main schools, Colorado and Colorado State. Colorado State. What happened to those guys? That that program has just been miserable. Miserable. Yeah. But like I said, so Friday night, Washington at UCLA, that will, I think that will go a long way to proving it because it, it's still a tough place to play in the Rose Bowl for Washington. Yeah. And I, I think the jury's still out on Washington, too. So we'll see. I mean, if they you know, whip the, up on UCLA like I expect them to do, then I think that their top 15, which would probably be a top 13 or 12 ranking, will be well deserved. If UCLA wins, I think that gets them into the top 25, uh, probably not too high. Yeah, the the taste of the South Alabama game is still very salty on the tongue for yeah. for people that were been watching UCLA and that, just that's why a they pretty need, weak that's schedule, why they need so. to beat up on Colorado. Uh, USC has a game against Arizona State, so that should actually not be too difficult. No, Oregon's hosting Stanford again, not too difficult. And Utah, I just saw them as hosting. Uh, there it is, Oregon State. Which when they're outside of Corvallis, they're very mortal. Yeah, I'd like Utah to win that game. So, yeah, so uh, you know, it's not it's the it, uh, approve it game here to me is Oklahoma State at Baylor, an undefeated undefeated uh, Oklahoma State Cowboy team going into Baylor to play the Bears. Well, and all of a sudden you're looking at in there. It's uh, I believe it's Oklahoma State, TCU, and oh God, who's the other undefeated team in there? Uh Blanken. That's right. It's, it's funny because it's not Texas and it's not Oklahoma. Hang on, let's see. There it is. There it is. Kansas. Yeah, Kansas, by the way. Kansas. Do not sleep on Kansas. They're playing some good football. This is this is this may be the best Kansas team I've ever seen football wise. They I'm I remember a while back they were Yeah, they, they, they had uh, that uh, one uh, good year with the the big uh, fat dude as their head coach. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> Which yeah, I know narrowed it down. Was it Charlie Weiss when he was there? No, 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 no. I, I wanted to say Mangini, but it's not Mangini. It's uh I thought Charlie oh. I thought they had a big year under Charlie Weiss. No, the only thing big about Charlie Weiss was his waistline. Well, I'm just saying that. But, <laughs> but, but they are, that is a, I don't know what to say about that team because, you know, and here's, here's what they've done. You know, stunningly winning four games for them. God, I wish I had That's bet mo- my bank I account think the on that one. I win total for them was two or three. It was this year. two. And 
I kind of felt like they were going to be better than that. But, yeah, they beat Tennessee Tech, FCS team, 56-10. But they win uh, against West Virginia in overtime. They went to Houston, who is not a bad team. Uh, I think Houston was a little overrated. Again, a not little, say, but not they're say, still not a good team. it wasn't a good win for Kansas because it absolutely was. And that's on the road. Yeah. And then they, they beat Duke, who was stunningly undefeated going into that game, too. So, I mean, obviously, the you know, we're going to be stepping up a weight class here pretty soon. It's Iowa State, TCU, and then at Oklahoma, at Baylor, and Oklahoma State, you. Yeah, <laughs> not, not exactly easy. But, you know, the funny thing is, is TCU will test their medal because they got Oklahoma, they're hosting Oklahoma this week. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny, though. I was, I was thinking about this. It's a ticked-off Sooner team. Yeah, I, I was thinking about a possible scenario at the end of the season that – I, want, I actually wanted to get your input on. Okay, go Because for it. I could potentially see Georgia-Alabama, of course, would meet, could be undefeated and meet in the SEC championship game. Right. As much as I don't want to say it, you could have Ohio State and Michigan going into their game at the end of the season undefeated. And those with well, you know, those would be your top four teams. If they all are running the table, they're gonna be your top four teams at the end of the season, and they're all gonna clash right at the end. So you would have one of those teams you know, one of the teams in the SEC lose, and one of those Big Ten teams lose. Do they all if that was the scenario, and then whoever wins the big you know, if I let's say Ohio State wins and they go to the Big Ten championship. You and, said who, and, you have Alabama playing whom? Well, if you had team? Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, right. Okay. And then you had Ohio State, Michigan, State, Michigan in that last game undefeated. And yeah, one of them loses. Alabama's now they, last game, I, I would imagine regular season is Auburn because I think it always is. Yeah, but I'm just, but I'm just no, saying you, you would I, have a scenario where those four teams would be could potentially run the table all the way until. The, the last game of the regular season for Ohio State Michigan. So so and then of course that would end one of their seasons because one of them would go to the Big Ten championship, but the other one would be not. sitting can't can't go because of the idiotic frame you know setup of the divisions. But would those four still be your playoff teams even if that happened? Let's say let's no. say Ohio State well who but who but whoever loses the Ohio State Michigan game, rightly or wrongly, is one that gets hosed unless there is unless a Every other team has two losses, but if if there's a, another undefeated team, well, if there's another undefeated team, like, yeah. But let's, like a Clemson. But I'm just saying, if those are your four, let's say those are your four unbeaten's going into the last into that week. last week. No, I, I got you. No, because you can't have the team that loses. Like if it, Alabama Georgia could still meet in the SEC championship as well. So Alabama Georgia, I think. If well, they, that's what I'm saying. They'll meet in the SEC championship game. One's gonna lose, and that team can still go. But Ohio State and Michigan can't meet in the Big Ten championship. Right, but you're going to penalize one of them for losing to the other you're if gonna, they are you're, you're if they are the to. top four At, if they're the top four teams in the country. You have you're going to gonna penalize yes. and you could potentially penalize two of them. You can't potential you can't penalize two of them. Well, right? what if what if you know, let's say Alabama is third and they in the rankings and they lose. Then that's just, unfortunately. It's, it's I mean, it's, and it depends. And obviously, if somebody it's else. Just, it's not just your win loss record, and we've talked about this before. It's when you lose the game. And Bernard had brought this up many times, and because he, he agreed, he, it's well, you know, Bernard he loved SEC, so you know he was he was pulling for Alabama all the time. I mean, <laughs> you've you've got a you you may have a shot in the Pac-12, but I I don't know if he's going anybody's going to get through the Pac-12 undefeated. No, you and, and I highly doubt after seeing Clemson go 
double overtime mm, with Wake, Wake but Forest. It was a good, that, not a great, but a good Wake Forest team. But here's but here's your issue, Clemson. What you know, I'm expecting they're probably going to lose a game at some point. But they should still win the division. Well, the, but there's nobody. But the thing is, there's nobody on the in the other division that you're going to look at and say that's going to be a really quality win for them. Well, so would you take a one loss Clemson team who would probably have lost a game somewhere in conference over, say, a Michigan team who lost to Ohio State? I I, I can't say because it depends on how the rest of the season plays out. Now the interesting thing is, well, I'm just saying that's how uh, it plays no, out. I, I realize that the interesting thing is for Alabama, we'll know how. Alabama's how good or bad they are or, or will be shown not at the end of the season but in the next three weeks because after the next three weeks, their schedule is easy because their last games are Auburn, Austin P, Ole Miss, LSU, and Mississippi State. Ole Miss won't be an easy game. In comparison to, in the, comparison to some of the other ones. Right, their next three games, though, are at Arkansas, home to Texas A&M, and at Tennessee. That'll be a nice run for them. Yeah, that's, so that's their next three games, and that's where we'll just, that's where we'll learn if Alabama is going to the the playoffs or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but like I said, I I you know if you would if they would be coming down to those four teams, and they both take a loss at the end Who, of the year, right? But whoever loses the Ohio State Michigan game, rightly or wrongly, will be penalized because they didn't even go to the conference championship game. But is that fair? Is that fair? Is, is that fair is that fair? the only no. loss that the only loss could be to let's say Ohio State's number one going into that game, Michigan's three. Is it and fair? the only loss that they take and they and let's say they lose by a field goal, does Michigan deserve to get shut out over a Clemson team that may have a loss? And no, but a, when has fairness ever played a part in this? That's the problem. The system is 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 inherently flawed, and this is why because. Because that would be the last game that Michigan plays this season, and if another team like say Clemson wins there, wins out, loses one game, let's say they lose next week, or whoever, or to a to a decent team, whenever Clemson plays a decent, I don't I don't know what their schedule is. Let's say they lose to NC State, who's a ranked team right now, but then they run the table the rest of the way, make it to the ACC championship game, and then win the ACC championship game. Yes, a one loss Clemson team will go over Michigan. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I didn't say because it's here's fair. your because here's here's who here here's your gallery of opponents they could meet in the ACC championship: Virginia Tech, Duke, North Carolina, Pitt, Miami, Virginia, and Georgia Tech. Those are your those well, are your possible Tech, but. well, but those are your, those are your possible opponents in an ACC uh, championship game, which which is garbage. Completely understood. Completely understood. And then you have you have to look at the Pac-12 because USC could be undefeated. There's a possibility they could get through there too. But and I a, but I don't think Washington could be undefeated. And USC could play Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. But in, in my in my scenario, I'm assuming that everyone else has taken a loss. What if it's just one loss? Then Michigan is is SOL and it's unfortunate mm, and it's not fair. I don't know. But then there's no because otherwise there's no point in playing the game. No, I mean there is a point in playing the game, but it's. But it's just, you know, would you take a, a Michigan team that lost to, the, say, the number one or two team in the country, as long as they don't get buried by it, by it, them. It, but, it won't but, matter because of when the loss happened. If that game was, was next week instead, then Michigan has a chance to make up for it. They won't have the chance to make up for it. See, I, I, would, I would disagree with you. I think that's, that is a you, – you, you can't penalize the team for losing to the number one or but two team in the country. Me. I'm not saying – No, I know what you're saying. No, you're I'm saying not, it's I'm late s- in the season. No, but to I'm, me, I'm looking at the, the totality of the schedule. I'm not, I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that that's what I would do. What I'm saying is that's what's going to happen. I don't know.
I think it would be. I think it's a. It is a distinct possibility. Well, I think you also have to throw the the, the Penn State. I know in your scenario it doesn't happen. The Penn State monkey wrench in there too, because I think Penn State has a chance to run the table. They they could be in the same spot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could you could substitute Penn State for Michigan, or you could make a Michigan Penn State in that scenario. I think you have more of a chance of because uh, the game against Michigan's at but, the Big House, the game at Ohio State's at Happy Valley. Correct? Well, and yeah, and the thing is, is that you know it would be. You would have Ohio State, Michigan going down to the last regular season uh, uh, game of the year, both unbeaten. Although which, I will say that the likelihood of that, I don't think is that great after watching Michigan this week against Maryland. I think if I think Michigan is a very very good team, but they are vulnerable. Yeah, I more think so, so too. than Ohio State, more so than Georgia, and more so than Alabama. I just like to think of chaos. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, I, I, it, what it, happens if okay? Let's say it, your, your scenario happens, Michigan and Ohio State and uh, Alabama and Georgia, and all, they're all undefeated, and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Ohio State beats Michigan on a last-second play by a field goal. But what if you also have an undefeated USC team? USC's schedule nowhere near as good and, no, and haven't had to play nearly as strong and tough as opponent as Michigan. But I, I think then USC, if they're still undefeated, that they would get the nod. What if both USC and Clemson are undefeated? Or USC and TCU are undefeated? TCU? Yeah. Hey, TCU's playing good football right now. They just destroyed SMU. I, mm, that, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, I, is it better? Do those guys have a better argument than Cincinnati, who was undefeated, had last year? Because remember, Cincinnati's only big win last year was against Arkansas. I, yeah, I, I think... I think if you're undefeated in a major conference, you you should be in there. I mean, I, that would be that would be very difficult. But Michigan actually, if I remember, they didn't really play a too good of a out of conference schedule either. Let me see what they did just no, I, for I, fun I, I, here on on SportsX Radio on KDWN 101.5 FM 7:20 AM. Talk of Las Vegas. Because yeah, I wanted to see actually what USC's schedule is because if USC doesn't play Washington, which is possible. That'll make it very interesting. And they don't play Washington. USC now has versus Arizona State versus Washington State at Utah. So that would be their only big win is at Utah because it's Arizona, Cal, Colorado, at UCLA, and Notre Dame. Ew. Exactly. Yeah. So if USC runs the table, which is very possible, I mean, the tough game being it it is at Utah, so that will be a very, very difficult game. But other than that, if they if they can somehow get by that game, they could very well be undefeated. Yeah, going into the conference championship, and which which playing, is just, uh, which this year is the top two. Yeah. So and if there if that if that happens, and then they play the Washington uh, Huskies, who that's just for s and giggles. See, I didn't swear, although I I, I, I very easily could have. Huskies have at UCLA, at Arizona State, Arizona, Cal, Oregon State, one game at Oregon, Colorado, and Washington State. Their schedule is very easy, too. So Washington. I don't USC, know. That, that doesn't sound like that easy a schedule, though. I don't know. They're playing Oregon State's at in Seattle. Arizona State's horrible. Arizona's okay. Cal's not very good. At Oregon's tough. Home to Colorado and at Washington State, which is Those are the two rivalry tough game. games there. That's. At Oregon and at Washington State, that's not easy. Yeah, at Oregon, no, it's not easy. But, you know, it's a rivalry game against Washington State, so it doesn't matter where that game The point being, so you have 
Michigan and Ohio State both undefeated when they play each other last game of the season. You have Alabama and Georgia both undefeated playing each other in the SEC championship game. And USC-Washington both undefeated playing each other in the Pac-12 championship game. Then what do you do? Well, then there's a loser out. Then Michigan, unfortunately, if they lose that game to Ohio State, has to be out. Then you then you expand the playoff to six teams. <laughs> By the way, Michigan, um, compliments to the the Wolverines because I know I know what a courageous program they've been over the past few years. Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. Could they have played three worse teams and I, in their and, in their non conference schedule? And I know you make the non conference schedule years before, but I don't think there's ever been a time when they when they made those games they thought, ooh, this may be a tough one. No. And I mean Hawaii you would used to be at least a okay game. Yeah, when they had like Timmy Chang a quarterback. They may be the worst team in the country this yeah, year. Oh, very easily. I mean, and honestly, Colorado State if when Hawaii and Colorado State could be the two worst. Yeah, so Michigan, I would take UConn over either of those. So, teams. so even in your scenario now, with getting the Pac-12 completely out of there, those just that schedule alone makes me believe that Michigan would not, if they lost Ohio State, would not deserve to be in this playoff. Well, but then you've also got, you know, getting through a Big Ten schedule, and if they, you know, beat Penn State, yeah. See, the problem for the Big Ten is, is that whole. Really, there's to me, there's five pretty good teams in there. Oh, the fact that Wisconsin is not good this year. And that Wisconsin is not one the of them. The fact that Iowa and, is not good this year does not help matters. No. No, I think... I the think, fact that Michigan State is not good this year. I mean, Minnesota is undefeated, but we'll see where that ends up. Yeah, I mean, the, the Gophers, hey, they went into East Lansing and beat Sparty. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all right. I mean, are they elite? No. It, it, I mean, and this is going to constantly be the problem with college football until it's actually expanded to the 12-team 12 12 team playoff. playoff. By the way, congrats to UNLV. Yeah. We got about a minute left, but I, we probably, you know, they're playing good football. Good they're, for them. They're, you know, not to take this the wrong way, but they're getting the rub off of the uh, Las Vegas Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But the, the Sparks? Yeah. The Aces? The Aces, that's what I meant. It's the Los Angeles Sparks. It's okay. I, I, my L.A. route showing. Speaking of getting the rub, we'll talk about the Boston Celtics coach. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, what's going on in Boston and what that might mean for the Celtics when we come back. Look at the, the baseball scores because we're about a week away from the from the end of the regular season. So it's getting down to the nitty-gritty, my friend. And uh, time running out for the Baltimore Orioles, but a great season for them nonetheless. And uh, Aaron Judge, Albert Pujols, I want to talk about him hitting number 700 Friday night against the Dodgers. Out there was great. This is SportsX Radio, Fish Tank Edition on a Monday. I'm Andrew the Fish Fane. That's Mark Hoke. We're going to break. When we come back, a whole lot more to do. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. 
SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872. The builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark. Home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook. America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Welcome back, everybody, to hour number two of SportsX Radio, a fish tank edition. Believe in the process. I'm your host, Andrew the Fish Fane, with me. As always, you've heard him for the first hour. You'll hear him for hour number two as well. I'm the mastermind. Mark, the mastermind hoax. Host of the Mark Hoke Show every Sunday morning right here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 7.20 a.m. From 8 a.m. till either 9 or 10, depending if we're lucky to get that bonus hour or not. No, it, it's if everybody in the radio universe is lucky enough that we get that bonus hour. Yeah, and if uh, our, our third co-host, <laughs> Joe DeFalco, is lucky enough to decide that he wants to be there for the both hours. As well, just you know, I got to take, take a hit on that, and I got to apologize to Joe. We had a little... We had a little cross-up and it was a little little typo on my part because of the insane week that I had here at KDWN last week that (laughs) my my brain said tomorrow was Sunday and tomorrow was actually Saturday, which confused our friend of future stars of wrestling. By the way, big mecha card coming up. up. Brian Cage is going to be back in town and Hammerstone and Chris Bay. Dude, Man, Hammerstone's huge. Oh, my God. Have you seen that guy's legs? I'm surprised that he is not baited to either AEW or WWE. I can't or believe that. Impact. That is bull. It really is. It And I remember Impact, the story about when he tried out for Impact, and everybody said, well, he just looks like Triple H. He's stronger I'm about than to say, Triple, Triple H. never looked that big. No. Absolutely not. I mean, Triple H was ripped, don't get me wrong, but he never looks as big as Hammerstone. I, I saw Hammerstone and Cage wrestle on FSW card. Oh, what was that? This last spring, if I remember right. Is that the one? I think I went to that one. That's the one we went to together. Is no, it we didn't go to that one. We were, you were at the one with Jacob Faltu. I went to two different ones. I've been to two different ones. I was that was one you didn't get to go. Okay. But those two guys are just muscle bound behemoths and they're flying all over the place. I mean, Cage did a, a six one nine, which is a move where he grabs onto was running to the ropes and grabs onto and spins around the outside and Still, is a kind of a double face kick to Hammerstone's face. Scarlet doing. Oh, man. Wrestling's fun right now, guys. And if you haven't it, tuned into the Mark Oak Show, love to have you join us. It would be fantastic. We're up to like 52 countries that have downloaded our podcast. Still nothing in Saskatchewan. Well, there's an unknown category. I know. So I don't know. So anyway. But anyway, and, but we'd love to have you listen to us. And, and download the podcast, markhoekshow.podbean.com. There's about eight games left in the baseball season, and we will get to baseball because very important. I don't want to shortchange it, so we'll get to it in a little bit. But I have to start the second hour talking about the NBA. 
<laughs> specifically the Boston Celtics, a team that I think a little surprisingly made it to the NBA Finals last year. And I say surprisingly because I think that people thought the Nets were going to go or maybe the Sixers or the Bucks, But no, it was indeed the Celtics. And, and they played well enough to deserve to be there. And if they make it this year, they will be doing so without their head coach. Because their head coach decided that sleeping with the vice president's wife oh. was going to be the smart career move. What a tangled web that has turned out to be. Yes, because he has been suspended for an entire year. I'm not sure why he was not fired. Pending investigation, maybe? I don't know. I don't know, but it's just never a good idea to sleep with your boss's wife. Emi Udoka is married to an actress, and unfortunately I've lost my article. But she was also working for the Celtics, apparently. So both, so so, so she was, so so Adoka's wife was under this woman. Yes. And apparently Adoka was also under this woman. So she was working under, I got to tell he was joke. working under the vice president, and the, the vice president's, and he was sleeping with the vice president's wife while his fiance was working under the vice president's wife. So they were both under the vice president's so wife. Everybody was under everybody except for the vice president. And, yeah. how, and the funny thing is, we haven't heard how he's felt about this whole thing. <laughs> do, you, do you think he should say one word? Probably not. <laughs> I would but, be. I would be hiding. I feel like suspend me for two years because I don't want to see anybody's face. I'm going. I am getting a cabinet up in Yukon or cabinet <laughs> in Yukon country, and I'm going to just I, hang out for a while. I, I don't think that I'm going out on a limb to say that prior to all this happening, the Boston Celtics were probably one of the favorites to make it to the NBA Finals out of these. I would have had them either the Celtics or the Bucks. So, does this change things with Udoka not being the head coach now? It's a disaster. That team, if it wouldn't have been for the adjustments that Udoka made to that team midseason, because if you remember right last season, they were dead in the water. Yes, they were. They were sitting in fourth place and looked like garbage. And then all of a sudden, they figured out how to play defense, and Udoka got them together, and... They caught fire. I mean, it was looking like it was going to be Milwaukee, Philadelphia all the way, and all of a sudden Boston just... How much of a distraction is the Odoka situation, even with Odoka not there? Well, I don't... I mean, does this kind of thing affect the players? I don't... I mean, in terms of a distraction, I don't think you're going to hear... They're going to talk about it a whole lot once the season gets rolling, but you're going to have... You have a situation where you're under a totally different coach. And I didn't even recognize the guy's name. No offense. No, no. You know, I, I get it. But I guess the question becomes, does it become an issue if the Celtics are either really good or really bad? Um, I don't know. I I think we got to see how that's going to play out. But they have other, but the Celtics have other issues too, if you didn't see this. See By what? the way, Dar- uh, Danilo Gallinari tore his ACL. Right. Well, he he's he, wasn't, out. he wasn't much of a contributor. They got him at the trade deadline from Atlanta, and he really didn't do much. Robert Williams the third. That another, is that is another huge. surgery on his left knee. That is huge so, because he was their big man. So now all of a sudden, the the uh, boys in green 
Yeah. Not so much the luck of the Irish. No, no, that's. And you know, basketball season's right around the corner. Hockey season, the the preseason starting. The the Knights playing tonight against the Kings here in Vegas. It was one one last I saw after two. So and and when hockey preseason starts, you know, basketball is not far behind. Yeah, and now the stories are starting to come out a little bit. The 76ers had their media day today. James Harden showed up in shape. That's, He's actually in shape. And, and his comment was, look, I was busted up at the end of the last two seasons. I got through the end this year healthy. So now I actually had a chance to condition and not rehab. I, I will tell you so who, we'll, who else looked like he was in great shape is Zion Williams. Good for so, him. Yeah, he needs he needs a good year to not be a bust. That's that's a guy that needed to have about five trainers around him and say, yeah, hey, th- th- you know, this is let's the guy, go. This, I think there's more pressure on him than any other player in the NBA to have a good season this year. He could His career could be over if he doesn't have a – a good year. Oh, he will absolutely be labeled a bust if he doesn't. He, he might get one more shot somewhere, but you know, it's, it's what would you use him for? I mean, his his game was based on that explosiveness, and if the only explosiveness he have is has is his body parts are blowing up, <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> what do you got? And you know? I still think, to me, the most surprising story or non-story of the offseason is the fact that Russell Westbrook is still a Laker. Uh-huh. Have fun with that. Hey, you know, there, there's now rumor that he's going to be coming off the bench and because, you know, they did get uh, Pat Beverly, and Pat Beverly and Russell Westbrook have history, and, and they're not the biggest fans of each other. The problem is the guy that the Lakers really wanted was Bogdanovich from Utah, and he already got traded. I wish you the best of luck, sir. What I will say that it's... makes no sense to me is apparently, and this this happened just in the last week or ten days, Lakers were talking to Indiana again, and it was Miles Turner and Buddy Heald for, and you know, some garbage, but the two first-round picks, and the Lakers refused to give up the two first-round picks, 2027 and 2029. Actually, I just saw it, I'm, and I, I had just seen a story on CBSSports.com that they were actually considering being willing to give up those picks. They, they told LeBron they would, and there's no reason for them not to. There's absolutely no reason for them not to give up those two picks. I could I give you a good reason. What? You're not good. You get. You're but, not good. If you get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner to go along with the team you already have, you are an absolute playoff team, and you can and you you are a play, But you are a playoff team. Are you really a threat? Yes, I disagree. Anytime you have LeBron James, and if Anthony Davis stays healthy, a healthy. So there's there's if number one, and LeBron's a year older. Yeah, a healthy Anthony I, Davis is the best player in the NBA. I'd be tempted to blow it up. I would be tempted to blow it up, and I don't think you should give those first-round picks up. I disagree because that's that's me. No, absolutely. I think the pressure. There's like three or four teams that the pressure is on big time this year. The Brooklyn Nets have to have a good season. The Philadelphia 76ers have to have a good season, and the Lakers have to have a good season. Those three teams in particular. But I also don't think the. But I don't think the expectations are on. T- Really, really heavily on two of those teams. You would Brooklyn and and the Lakers. You want them to have good seasons, but I think anybody that's realistically looking at those teams doesn't see a championship team there. The Sixers, yeah, that's championship, or they could fall apart. No, absolutely. But the only reason why the Lakers, the pressure is on the Lakers, is because, and you said it, LeBron is getting older. He signed the two year extension. But he's every, every, and he had maybe one of his best years last year. 
but he is getting older. You cannot waste these years. Now, and you well, the, and part of the reason he had to have such a good year was because there was nothing around him. Absolutely, you know, I completely. He can't. Agree. You, he cannot go through another season like no. that. No, so. I mean, I think like you would like to say that there or think there's pressure on the Clippers, but we we still don't know what that team is like when they're whole because we don't we haven't seen them whole. Yeah. So <laughs> the Suns have the whole Robert Sarver uh, thing blowing around them. Yeah, what a mess that is. It's a shame. Oi. It's just uh, the NBA is almost back, and I'm very excited because I love basketball. I know you do. But just because they're beginning, baseball is winding down. Baseball. Baseball being very, very good to me. Baseball, you bet. (laughs) And I don't know if that game has gone final. The last game of the day where there was, it has indeed gone final, has it not? I am pulling it right now. It has. The Baltimore Orioles. 14-8 Fourteen to eight over Boston in a, a game that ends after midnight in Boston due to weather. Yeah, little little rainy night in Baltimore, but oh, I wish they had a little rain the last two nights. And so just uh, slowed some things down. Uh, what uh, a Atlanta up eight uh, wins eight to nothing tonight. The Blue Jays beat the Yankees three to two, uh, and the only game that didn't matter is Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Pittsburgh wins eight to three, but that Yankee game is interesting because another game Judge has not gone yard. That's, I believe, six in a row now without a home run since he hit number 60. <laughs> what, a, what a ton of pressure. And not only This that, is why Roger Maris's hair fell out. Yeah, but not only that, but two weeks ago, I think the odds of him hitting 61 were a hell of a lot greater than Pujols hitting 700. I would have to totally agree with that. And Pujols has now done it. He did it against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, which I thought was very appropriate considering that it's because of the Dodgers Pujols is playing this year. You know, it, and it's funny. You know, it, you know what that made me think of? And this is going to be a, a quick childhood story. Go for it. Do you remember those sticker books of baseball players that they had? Absolutely. Where they would take like nine or ten players and have each team's page. Plus they'd have other feature pages too. Right, yep. The one that I remember the most was the one that had at the top of it, and I can't remember if it was Donruss or Tops, but they had at the top of it with gold, with like the gold foil stickers, the top four home run guys of all time. And back then, it's a and hell of a lot different than it is right now. Back then, it was Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, um, Willie Mays, Willie Mays, and Frank Robinson. And now only one of them is still even in the top three, right? And you had guys, you have Bonds, questionable. At the time, you know, Alex Rodriguez is up there. Questionable. Thank God. Thank God that Albert Pujols is now, I mean, to me, that's, you know, that's your Mount Rushmore of home run hitters. And now you've I got. I think there's one name that you're missing that is, although I don't know who you take off for him, who I think is no doubt about it clean, and that was Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, and it's a shame he got hurt. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying that in terms of the, the pure numbers. No, I, I, I do not argue that point. But going after the, the, the game's all complete, taking a look at the standings now. The divisions are pretty much all set except for two. The Yankees already clinched the AL East. The Guardians, congratulations to them. And this what a is, run. And I think this is why Terry Francona may be manager of the year, even over Brandon Hyde, because no one thought the Guardians were going to make the playoffs, let alone win the division. They're 9-1 and in their last 10, and they've clinched the AL Central. The Astros obviously running away with the AL West. Uh, Mets and Braves, one game separates them with oh, eight baby. to go. And starting Friday in Atlanta, three-game set between the Mets and Braves. Ken Thompson is going to be on edge. 
Absolutely. Our regular host here on SportsX Radio. Uh, St. Louis and Milwaukee. Uh, St. Louis has basically got that division. It's not clinched yet, but they're six and a half up with eight That's to play. Done. Yeah. And obviously the Dodgers at 106 wins, uh, just dominating 21 games up on the Padres. Yeah, until they lose their first round series. It's very, they won't play in the first round, so I'm not worried. Their, about first, their first series. <laughs> but standing-wise for the uh, wild card, oh. that becomes a different story. Neither wild card is set. We have, in both leagues, four teams fighting for three spots. Although I think it's really in the National League, three teams fighting for two spots because the Braves are, have clinched a spot. Yes, they have clinched a spot. So we've got it's the Padres, the Phillies, and the Brewers who are within three games of each other. Holy cow! Yeah, the the Brewers are a game and a half out of uh, the final wild card spot. The Brewers unfortunately start a series with the Cardinals, while the Phillies start a series with the Cubs. Advantage Phillies for now. The Padres, however, start a series with the Dodgers. <laughs> so that's not pretty for them either. Here's a question for you. Yes, sir. You're Dave Roberts. I'm Dave Roberts. I wish. You have a... I stole it in a very important base. You have kind of a choice there to make, don't you? you got, you've got you got three games with these guys. Mm. Who do you want to see in the playoffs? Well, you're still playing, but you're still... First of all, I don't think you can worry about who you're going to be facing because... I, yeah, I know, but, do you, but do, you, do you take the foot off the pedal a little bit? Or do you say, I would like to crush the San Diego Padres and send them home crying? Because a sweep, let's say you sweep them out, you know, now they're probably going to be oh, at man. or behind Milwaukee. It would be a huge impact, but if you decide, yeah, we're going to... We're going to rest some guys. You know, these games don't matter, and the Padres get two out of three. You know, it keeps them in the position they're in, which would be the top, the second wild card spot. I don't know, man. Well, because the Houston Astros have played such good baseball lately, the Dodgers still need to win because the Dodgers want home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs, not just throughout the NL. True. So. You know, they're close enough to clinching because I believe they are five games ahead of the Astros right now. Maybe five and a half. I'm looking back on the standings. I'm trying to get back to the standings. With eight to play. So, I mean, their magic number, I think, is three or four to clinch. The best record in baseball. Yeah. Which, you know, they they shouldn't have a problem getting. One, One more win for the Dodgers also gives them the team record for wins. Because 106 was the record which they set in... And by the way, first time in history that in three consecutive full seasons a team has won 106 games. That's amazing. Yeah, what a yeah. This is, I mean, I'll tell you. And, and, what a great, great. I know. I know this is going to sound silly, and I, and I and I ask this more because I'm a fan, so I know what I what I'm feeling about the team. Is the Dodgers not getting enough love for how good they really are this year? I think because, it, because there are so many other teams that are playing so well and so many other great stories, are they being ignored just a little bit about the amazing year they're having? I think part of it is they've had a lot of injuries, and I think the other the other issue that they have is, you know, they've they've just been running away from the pack to a point, and you're almost used to it with the Dodgers now. I mean, they've won the division what nine out of the last ten years. Yeah, the only time they so, lost, ironically, the only time they lost, they still had 106 wins. That was last year. The Giants just happened to have 107. And when you think about the last team to really get on a massive run like that, the Braves. Now, the Braves had a ton of Hall of Fame players on their team. 
No, the, the Dodgers? Have two. Yeah. Not three, maybe, if you count Freeman. Yeah. Freeman, I mean, Betts, and Clayton Kershaw. It's not It's not a superstar-laden team, whereas opposed to the Braves when they went on their huge they run. Maddox, Smoltz, Chipper Jones. Glavin. Glavin. And, yeah, no, yeah, I, mean, I, I get you. So I, I, it's hard to think that. And, and really, like I said, the rate, the, there hasn't really been a focus on that race. Because they, they've, they've been, been long gone. Yeah, since since they took over first place in June they, and have not looked back. They didn't make any big trades. They made zero big trades. That, so, was, that was the story in and of itself. So there's, you know, they, they've just been kind of, yeah, it's another really good Dodgers team. That's I mean, great. And, only, and I, you know, and I, and I don't want to downgrade them or anything like that. I think it's just a matter of. They just haven't been in the in the eye as much as you've had this race with the Atlanta and the Mets. You have the Cardinals getting on a roll and Albert Pujols doing what he's done. You had San Diego making the big trades and you know trying to get to the playoffs, and you know the Brewers made their move getting rid of Hater. So the Dodgers just haven't really been what you would call a massive no topic and, of conversation. And, and the, the only story coming out of the Dodgers in the last week or ten days is the fact that Craig Kimbrell has been removed from the closers role. Can I ask you about that? Yeah, please do. I I get it. But why do you make that move like, two weeks before the end of the season? If, if if you were that not confident in Kimbrel, why didn't you do that back in June or July when you could have gotten somebody else to take that role and get used to it? Being a closer is tough. It is a it's a different mentality. They're different beasts. They're like they're like kickers. Yeah, um, you know, you you just have a certain mindset that you have to have to be a top closer in baseball. There, there's definitely a difference between getting three outs in the eighth and three outs in the ninth. So all of a sudden, at the end of the season, you're going to change that guy because I think they wanted to give Craig Kimbrell every opportunity to straighten things out, to become the guy that he was, and it just wasn't happening. And they had to do it now. So going into the playoffs, there was no question about it. Why didn't you do it a month ago? Because, like I said, they wanted to give Kimbrell every opportunity to straighten it out. Because going into the season, Craig Kimbrell had been one of the best closers in baseball, period. I Look, I understand, but, you know, but, 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 I'll, but I'll say this. I mean, this is just somebody being a baseball fan. You know, you had Jansen, who is who and Kimbrell. Who nervous to, frequently. To, you know, those two guys are known for, unfortunately, getting a little Mitch Williamsy crazy. You know, and you, yeah, I, they, they're not, they haven't proven to be completely reliable in big situations. You know, why, why, and I mean, if I know that, why doesn't Dave Roberts know that? If I knew that back in July, why didn't Dave Roberts see it and say, you know what? Maybe we ought to get somebody else closing some games. Well, again, I, I bring in the ghost of Bernard. And say that this is the one thing that we discussed the entire time on the air, off the air, how Dave Roberts needs to be fired. And unfortunately, because he won the world championship in 2020, he will not it will not happen because he was able to win the title or the team was able to win the title in spite of him. He is he is a great people person. He is a great human being. I, I love him. as He is a brutal manager. I brutal. As a manager, I have seen him make enough mistakes. I'll agree. Yeah, and he he does things taking guys out when they have no hitters and perfect games, and he thinks he, dude, stop, just stop. 
And that's why I wonder what's going to happen in the first round of the playoffs I, for the Dodge when, in no, the first series. I, I don't they're argue gonna, that. They're going to run into a pretty good team yeah, to, they, they, to kick they, things off no right, matter what. So. They have to play. right at The way it stands right now, they would play the winner of the Braves-Padres series. Ew. Yeah. And, and, and that sucks because if somehow Philadelphia were able to beat St. Louis, the number six seed would play the number two seed, not the number one seed. Yeah, so because that's, they don't recede. Yeah, this <laughs> they're going to have some fun. Meanwhile, in the American League, oh, uh. <laughs> with the win tonight, the Baltimore Orioles are now eighty and seventy-three. First of all, fantastic season for Baltimore. We said it last week. I'll say it again. Regardless of the outcome, an absolutely fantastic season for this Orioles team, and it puts them on the precipice of being one of those teams that you really have to be concerned with next year, especially if they make just one or two free agent tweaks. And they've got a ton of guys still down on the farm too. Absolutely, there, there there's going to be a fight for spots in the, especially in the infield for the Orioles next I year. I think this team needs one bat that they can rely on. They can put in the middle of the order that everyone has fear of. Not saying that the guys they have aren't great enough. Like Adelaide Rushman's going to be an absolute stud for for his entire career. I got no problems, but they need a thumper. They need a guy that you're going. Uh, I mean, like. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying it because I don't know if he'll end up there. I don't think he will because I don't think Angelos want to spend that kind of money. You put Aaron Judge in that lineup, and then, oh, my God, the Orioles are, are deadly. They, Well, GM Mike Elias has said, this year we're spending money. And I really I really hope, I mean, that, I mean, it was kind of funny. I was looking down the free agent list last week, and it's just like, it's it's not a great list. It's mostly pitching this year. Which is so huge because a lot of teams love that pitching. So if you're if you're looking to get a, a middle of the order bat, Aaron Judge is, if I remember right, he was pretty much it. There was there was not right. a lot out the, there this the, season. The problem is you can't do what I see a lot of teams do, and that settle for like a guy like a Nelson Cruz, who's like he could be. No, you need a guy that you need to say. You know what? I'll spend the extra money to get the guy that I know is a definite thumper. That will scare people. And I just wonder, how, do you realize it's probably going to cost somebody a half a billion dollars to get him? B. Buh. Not M. No, I heard. I, B, B, billion, B, billion. My problem is he's, I believe, going to be 31. And he has a history of injury. Well, and that's the thing. You know, you think back at some of these massive contracts. I mean, Alex Rodriguez is one, is one that stands out to me. You know, I, you know and Mike Trout. Has been hurt a lot. He got that. He got that massive contract. Right, he he didn't have the history of injury before the contract. Judge does. So you know it. It'll be interesting to see what kind of a deal he gets and what he's trying to get. Because I'm sure he wants to secure himself for the rest it, of his it, career. It wouldn't you know? shock me to see him get five and two twenty five. I don't know if he'll be satisfied with that. That's though. forty-five million a year. I don't think he'll be happy with that. Oh, I think he would absolutely be thrilled to get twenty-five million. 45 I million think he's going to want more. That's the highest. That would be the highest AAV period in baseball history. I think he wants more. He's, Just a hunch. He's not going to get much more years-wise. That, well, and that's part of what I think he he would probably want. But I will tell you this: I, if I'm the Orioles, that's not the guy I'm necessarily looking at. I think a guy like Xander Bogarts would be an absolutely fantastic addition. See, I mean, here's the thing, though, is I was looking at that. A lot of these guys that are that their contracts are expiring have option years. 
And I'd have to find the list again. Xander Bogarts is a player option. He's already said he's opting out. Trey Turner is another guy. I think he he. Trey Turner, I love Trey Turner. I just don't think he's a an all-star super stud for somebody, but he is not the kind of guy the Orioles need. The Orioles need, like I said, a guy that's going to scare the bejesus out of you when he comes to the plate. You know, and the funny part is like, Santander, he's going to end up hitting 30 home runs this year. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he's he, a Rule 5 guy. No, he's fantastic. But the Orioles right now, three and a half games behind Seattle, four games behind Tampa Bay. Can't. I can't place my money on them. No, because the Orioles still—they still have Boston, New York, and Toronto. And it was an unfortunate past week for the Orioles. You know, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the week week that they got at least got a split out of Houston, I'd have been like, okay, you know, I can live with that. But the way they the the third game where they were up in the middle of the game and then came back and took a nine seven lead going into the ninth and gave up four in the top of the inning. Oh, that was killer. That hurts so bad. And then they, and then the fourth game of the series, they lose in extra innings. Yeah, and, going and in one one, and then losing six to three. I mean, jeez. The only thing the Orioles have going for them right now is that Seattle is playing worse baseball than they are. Seattle, I think the pitching is there, but Julio Julio Rodriguez is out till the rest of the regular to the season, end of the regular season, and that season. hurts. I mean, but the guy that they got at the trade deadline that they got to to shore up the pitching staff. Luis Castillo was the guy that part of the reason they got hammered yesterday. He was yeah. pitching yesterday. <laughs> he just, and you know he just signed a deal with them too. Yes. So, it, it, it you know the the one thing that Seattle has going for it is it's a they have a pretty weak schedule, but at the same time you still got to win the games. Right? Is it possible know? that that Seattle told themselves we've got a weak schedule, we got this, and that that all of a sudden it's a little more difficult than they expected because how weak their schedule is. I don't know. I, I you know what I mean. They just, they just, the hitting seems out of sync. They're they're just not scoring runs. And um, look, I don't want to, I don't want to get myself too optimistic here because it's still three and a half games to make up with nine to go. But could it happen? Yeah, you know. And you know, the other thing for Baltimore is, is that you know they've got this series with Boston, and you know Boston's out now. They're done. They're going to have a losing season. You got to wonder if they're going to take their foot off the pedal a little bit, and then you know, then they get the Yankees who really aren't playing for anything, and the Jays believe you know the way they're sitting right now, they're they look like they're going to be a couple wins away from wrapping up a spot. So, you know, the Orioles may may get a little bit lucky here in terms of who they're playing, but you know, but Tampa Tampa's got a tough schedule too. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't bet on the O's making it, but this. This is going to be a really interesting The rest of the way, the Mariners face, and I wish my computer was running a little faster because all of a sudden it was going and then it just stopped. (laughs) It looks like they are, here we go, the rest of the way, Seattle, please load, please load, please load. Seattle is playing. Some teams are, are, their schedule is, I believe it's like Detroit, Oakland, and Texas. Yes. I believe those are, are the last three teams that they play. Yeah, and Tampa has, I've uh, got it right here. They are in Cleveland for three, in Houston for three, in Boston for three. Yeah, but the problem there is Cleveland doesn't have much to play for anymore because they they're they're pretty much set at, in the number three seed spot. They're not moving up, they're not moving down, and they just got to make sure everybody's healthy. Yeah. So, 
it it's all going to depend on who's playing. You know, who's who's everybody's going to be. You know, what I should say, what everybody's approach is going to be for these last few games. What what is your prediction? That's my my question. What is your prediction for who's finishing fourth, who's finishing fifth, who's finishing sixth? I think it's going to go Toronto, Tampa, Seattle. I would tend to agree. In the National League, who's winning the East? Is it the Braves or the Mets? Like I said, one game separates them. I think with Strider out for the rest of the Which I think really hurts because he has pitched so phenomenally well. Oh. If it wasn't for Michael Michael Graves, he would possibly probably be the unanimous rookie of the year. I'll I'll lean Mets. But those are gonna be three great baseball games. They certainly are. And I think it's huge for the Mets. Because I don't want to be in that wild card round. No, you uh, not you, the way the pitching you, staff set up. And I not don't. only that, you'd much rather have the yeah. You'd much rather not only would you rather have the day off, but you're right. If the Mets are in the wild card round, it abs- the Braves are built more to survive the wild card round and then pitch into the division series than the Mets are, because the Mets are so top heavy in their rotation. Yeah, and you know, and I was just thinking of something the other night that you know might be kind of fun to throw at you too, is. If you're in a three-game series and you're the Mets, do you make these bullpenny-type games? Do you do something like, and and I know people would probably flip out at first when they'd hear it, but do you say fire Degrom for three, Scherzer for three, one of you know one of your other top starters for three, and then have them be able to come back the next day? And be available? Do you no, do you, do you the, because because when and, and hear me and hear me out on it is you're gonna get a chance you'd have a chance to have all of your you 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 fire tried to win game one with your top pitchers. Game two, if you get a lead, you can back off a little bit with the pitching staff and maybe let's say you would start Scherzer, then come back and start Scherzer in game two. And you if you get a lead, then you don't have to do the same thing and you can let other guys pitch and then come back and you would have, say, to Grom to fire game three. If, it, it, if I'm Buck Show Walter, the way I'm setting it up is this. Game one of the of the wild card round, I am starting if I'm in the wild card, I'm starting Jacob DeGrom. Period. If I win game one, in game two, I'm sending out either Carlos Carrasco or Chris Bassett. Because if I can win game two, then I have Scherzer set up to win game to play game one of the NL Division Series. If I lose that, then I still have Scherzer to start game three. So I have well, one of my aces to go in a game that I have to win. And, and, here, and, and here's my point, too, in doing something like that is if you would do that the first two games and you fire your best for two games, you have a chance to get that series over with and those guys will still have only pitched six innings. Yeah, the so they is, should be available. No, I mean, and I'm, saying, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it might be a risky tactic. But you've got to get through that round, and you've got right. to try and you, set you your rotation. You can't do that because both DeGrom and Scherzer, especially DeGrom with his injury history, is not set up to pitch two days in a row. Period. I don't care if it's three innings or not. And, and that's why I'm saying that if, you, if you're if you in a situation where you would do it, you pitch him a few innings in game one and then hold him out, hold him off in game two, and if you don't need him, then you're safe and you either don't have to play game three or that's where you – would come no, back I'm, like I said, so. I'm sending out DeGrom in game one to pitch as long as he can, shut down the opposition, win game one. As long as I win game one, I feel comfortable sending out Carrasco or Bassett in game two, knowing that I have Scherzer in game three if I need him, and if I don't, then I have Scherzer to start game one of the NL Division Series. See, because I'm thinking I want to try and win it in two. 
Oh, absolutely. That, that's what I'm trying to do. Right. My, my, my focus would be winning win in two. But if if it does happen that I've got to go game three, then I still have my top one of my top guys available to pitch a few innings if I need them. Right. My problem with with winning it in two though is if I'm starting Degrom in one and Scherzer in two, there's only going to be two days off still before you start. There are no, there are very few off days in the in the playoffs this year. That's one of the things that have been taken out is a lot of those off days. So you're not starting either one of those guys in Game One of the AL of the NL Division Series. Yeah, and 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 that's part of the reason that I suggested this strategy as well because if you only pitch them for a few innings, you've got you you'll have them available. Because they'll only have fired maybe three innings, possibly. So I mean, it's it's just a thought. I no, mean, I'm I know. not. I, it's very unconventional, but it was just an idea. No, I think you. I think you're gonna. Like I said, I think you'll definitely see Degrom in Game One. With national wisdom says you'll see Scherzer in Game Two. I still think you should hold Scherzer off till Game Three. That way, you have a stud to pitch Game Three, which is a do or die game. And if you happen to still win Game Two. Then you don't have to worry. Then you can have Scherzer starting the NL Division Series. Also, that way, if Degrom loses Game One, for some reason you still have Scherzer to go Game Two, and you're set. Yeah, there's there's a myriad of possibilities. There. Absolutely. Well, meanwhile, the Braves, the starters are almost interchangeable. They're all really good. Yeah. None of them are quite that level, so it doesn't matter who starts. If it's Max Fried, if it's Kyle Wright, if it, it you know if it's Spencer Strider, who they're hoping will be ready, may not be because it's a strained oblique. So you yeah, just never know. That's scary. Yeah. But my question is, who are the three teams making the playoffs? I mean, who are the th- yeah, who are the two teams, really? Because we know the Braves are. <laughs> is it Phillies, Padres, Brewers? Who's the odd team out? The Brewers have the easiest schedule of the three. Boy, oh boy. I just I got a bad feeling that Philly's going to get left out of this. I don't know why, but... Because of the three teams, I think their pitching is the worst. This is, and they are they're, they are very strikeout prone. Because yes, Kyle Schwarber leads the NL in home runs with forty something, but he's also struck struck out one hundred and ninety six times this year. That the lineup is feast or famine. Very much so. Very much. But uh, you know, I just when I when we did our predictions at the beginning of the season, I picked Milwaukee to win the World Championship, and the reason that I picked Milwaukee to win the World Championship was because of the pitching, and. There's something telling me that they're going to be able to make that game and a half up. They're good enough to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hate to say it, but I have a, I got a feeling the Phillies are going to come up a hair short. But still got to make a game and a half up. We'll find out. Absolutely. It's still a long way to go. It's going to be very, very interesting. That's why I love the best time of the year about baseball. The weird part is, obviously, that the baseball season should end this coming Sunday. There's one more series after that because of the because of the uh, lockout. lockout that started the year. So it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, People, teams are like playing a five-game series in three days. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it's going to be very bizarre. Yeah. But now in our last 15 minutes, I'd like to try to make some people some money next week. Taking a look at some of the NFL spreads. So, that we have. so they're going to tell you. So, do whatever Fish says opposite. No, because nah, what I'm I found kidding. out is, if I tell you what to do and don't bet the games, you win. If I tell you what to do and then I bet the games, you lose. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty simple. Because again, tonight I told someone a fourteen parlay to hit. I said take the. I said take the Braves on the run line. They won eight to nothing. I said take the the Blue Jays to beat the Yankees, even though the Yankees are favored and the Blue Jays still won. I said take the Orioles over the Red Sox, and the Orioles won. And I said take the the Cowboys, and the Cowboys won. There's my four teamer. It hit. I didn't bet it. They win. I would have taken over to Red Rock. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It was too late anyway at that point okay. because the game started at three thirty or four o'clock. It I had it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. 
But uh, we'll start off with the, the Thursday night game, which starts intriguing. off very intriguing. Dolphins are at the Bengals. The line opened at minus one. It is now all the way up to minus three and a half in favor of the Bengals. Tricky game. Tricky game. Man, my my mind is telling me the Dolphins, but my gut is telling me that Cincy's going to win this game. I I had and, saying the Bengals, and I'm saying it for the. I, I would take the Bengals on the money line. I would pay the minus whatever's going to be probably minus one forty five, one fifty. And the biggest reason is because Thursday night, short week, the home team has a huge advantage. And Cincinnati may have gotten that offensive line squared up. So yeah, that, well, it was against the Jets, but still. I, I completely agree. I, I think the Bengals are the, are the way to play there. Yeah, it, but you know, one thing I like, one thing that could be interesting there is the forty-seven. You think it's the over? Mm. Yeah, I would. I would probably say there's going to be an over there. But when you got Waddle and Tyreek Hill uh, lining up, and then Jamar Chase on the other side. That's a lot of speed. I think a lot of touchdowns can be scored very easily. You know, in this but, game. but 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 here's the other side. Both these defenses are pretty solid too. They are. I mean, they, they the Dolphins kept their Bills to 19. They certainly it's did. Technically 17 with the with the butt punt. Yes. <laughs> so is, is, is that the, we're the, calling the, it by the way? But yeah, it is. But it, does the butt punt? Did, did take, you guys? If you guys didn't see the butt punt, by the way, does it take the place of the butt fumble? I think so. I think the butt punt. Especially with the one photo that got put up of the butt punt. We called the bunt. Of course, and what had happened was Miami was pinned on their one or two yard line, and up the by, punter didn't have up by four, I believe, at the time. The punter didn't have the normal room, and when he went to punt the ball, he was under a little more pressure, obviously, and he kicked the ball off one of the linemen's buttocks and out of the end zone for a safety. And that got the Bills within two. And the problem with the safety is it also means that the Dolphins had to kick the balls to the ball to the Bills from a free kick from their twenty. Right. It was a disaster. So I think I think that is much more of a dis- because it also resulted in points and an unbelievable photograph of a football <laughs> <laughs> appearing to look like it was lodged in a player's behind gluteus maximus yes. region. So I, I I will put butt punt over butt fumble. I'll take the Bengals on the money line. Like I said, I'm not sure if three and a half is just too much. It's that magic number of three. Two and a half, I don't have a problem with. Three and a half causes me some concern. Yeah, close game. So. Uh, then let's move to our Sunday games. I'm going to skip over college football for now. If we have time, we'll go back to some college football, at least some of the bigger games. Uh, Sunday, Vikings are at the Saints. Vikings, who for a while looked dead in the water this week until they came back and just put away the Lions. Vikings are two and a half point favorites at New Orleans, and the, unfortunately, the way the Saint if the Saints if the if they can score in the first half of a football game, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. But for some reason, they cannot get off to a good start. And the, the only thing that's impressed me about the Saints' offense so far is the way they've been using Chris Olave, the rookie out of Ohio State. But on the good side for the Saints is I think they're going to be able to shut the Vikings down pretty well. Especially, so I'm kind of I'm kind of like Dalvin that. Cook out and Alexander Madison being the running back. Yeah, I, I would. Given the way things are right now, I'd probably pick the Vikings to win the game, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. It's only a two and a half point spread, so that's because nobody's going to score. Yeah, I'm gonna I actually I'm actually going to go out on a limb and take the Saints in this one. All right, 
I've talked myself into it. The Dalvin Cook injury was kind of the swaying factor. Titans are at the Colts. Who? Titans and Colts. It's actually who are, who are those two teams? It's kind of it's kind of a must win for both teams to, to to help you know not stay too far back in the division of the Jags. Is this a game from necessary roughness? Yes, it certainly is. The Colts <laughs> are three point favorites, down from an opening line of three and a half. So money's already come in on the Titans. Of course it did, and they're wrong. Colts win this game. Come on. I think so too. I think they're, they they showed that uh, they're finally getting the rust out. They righted the ship, and 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 the confidence that you get from beating Kansas City. Yeah, I'm good. The Giants are hosting the Chicago Bears. Ew. Yes, the New York Football Giants are a three and a half point favorite. Can I eat some moldy cheese out of my the back of my refrigerator instead? That may be more pleasant than watching this game. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to pick the Giants. Yeah, the, the Bears are I, unbettable. They may win, but they are unbettable. Now, nah, yeah, this, this just I wouldn't even get near this game. Lord knows what's going to happen. Not a lot of points, though. Maybe an under. The bo- the over under is thirty eight and a half. By the way, <laughs> it could, this, this one this one's got another eleven ten written all over it, doesn't it? Though the next game on the docket is the Buffalo Bills tra- traveling to Baltimore to Buffalo. face the Ravens. Buffalo. It, it is currently sitting at minus three, down a point from where it opened at minus four. Buffalo. I'm just going to say this right now. Buffalo wins this game by double digits. Yeah. I am. I am. It, it's. I think it's going to be a lot. Of, I. I think they're going to shut Baltimore down. To a. I mean, they won't. It won't be like ten points or anything. But I like Buffalo. I. I think they're going to bounce back and. If you saw the react, I mean, you saw the reactions they had to losing that hey, game. Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, blew up. Josh Allen was furious. They they knew that was a one that got away. They're going to be ticked off, and I think they're a better team than Baltimore. I think they're going to whack them. <clears throat> they are. It's going to be a very interesting game. I think I do like the Bills a lot in this one, but you got to be careful. You know, like I said, Micah Hyde's already out for the season. If Jordan Poyer's not playing, Jadarius White still can't come back, still on the on the PUP. They've lost a lot of guys in that secondary. I think it'll be all right. I would tend to agree because that offense makes up for a lot of defensive uh, shortcomings. They, they still held Miami to 21 points. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and only 212 yards. So, I'm good. The Chargers trying to get back on track. This I find interesting. They're playing in Houston at the Texans. What I find interesting is that they opened up minus seven. They've dropped all the way down to minus five. That's weird. I, I guess I understand it. I mean, Justin but, Herbert did not look himself. Well, he's, you know, man, you get a core injury. Not good. Oh, no, absolutely. I, and, I completely and concur. They made a mistake. When that game got out of hand, they should have sat him down and let him rest. Probably rather than risking further injury. So, but... The Texans are the Texans. Yeah, you can't take the Texans in that spot. Now, you can get Easton Stick off the bench if you need him and let him run rampant, and they'll win by 20. Here, Here is something you don't see every day, and it's almost like it should be a headline. The Seahawks are at the Lions. The Lions are six-point favorites. Yeah, and I'm, I'm down with that. I am, too. I mean, it's funny because, you know, seeing the Lions as a one- or two-point favorite, like, all right, that's that's nice. It's a little shocking, but six-point favorites? And the funny thing is, I think they they win that one going away. I, I see double digits for the Lions. I agree. I'm I'm down. I'm down with the Honolulu Blue. Jets at the Steelers. You. The Steelers are three and a half point favorites. You know what? I'm kind of liking the Jets. I'm calling the upset on that. I like the Jets too. I I can't yeah, believe I, I, did I those words came out of my mouth. 
They're oh. good. I'm just, I'm not. The Steelers aren't good. No, I, I keep was telling not, everybody they're I, not good. I was not impressed by anything I saw on Thursday night against the Browns. And they shouldn't have, the, they, they shouldn't have beat Cincinnati. They're not a good team. They're just not. The Jags visiting Philadelphia, going to the link. Eagles minus seven. Here's the bet to make, guaranteed. Eagles first half. Yeah, there you go. They'll probably be minus four and a half. Take the Eagles first half. There's a. I've got six and a half for the Eagles, by the way. Oh, I see it at seven right yeah, here. Yeah, so get that six and a half. Holy oh, cow. yeah. But, but I'm taking the Jags. If it's if it stays seven or goes higher, seven to seven and a half, I'm taking the Jags plus the points. If it goes to down to six and a half, I would probably lean towards the Eagles more. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Commanders and Cowboys. Cowboys three point favorite at Jerry's World. I can see it, but boy, I don't even know. I don't know if I want to get near that game. No, I'm I'm kind of not going near it. But but one thing you the but you can take the opposite bet here because the Commanders have just come out. I don't know what their coaching staff is doing, but they have not gotten it done at the start of a game. No, but their second halves have been pretty fantastic. Except for last week, fly Eagles fly. Hey, they still scored eight in the second half. <laughs> they outscored them eight to nothing. Eight, that is true. Uh, the Browns are at the Falcons. Browns opened at three point as three point favorites. It's down to a one point favorite. Hmm. Falcons coming off their first one of the year in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I'd take the Falcons just because they're at home. Yeah, and the, the Browns this. have not impressed me, even with Jacoby Brissett no. and Miles Garrett's car accident. Uh, he may not be playing next year, next week, so uh, I'm not so sure that you you can t- trust the Browns there at all. Cardinals with the Panthers. Panthers are one point favorites. And you know what? I'm down with that. Uh, I'm down with that. Don't ask me why. There's, I, I, I'll, I just I'll, I, I'll go with you. I'll, I can see the Panthers winning that game. Broncos and Raiders. Raiders are two point <sighs> favorites, and I'll take the Raiders to win that one going yeah, away. And I think they will too. Patriots of Packers. Packers, 10.5-point favorites. Yeah, no Mac Jones. See you later. Yeah, Brian Hoyer is not the answer. Chiefs and Bucks. Buccaneers are 2.5-point dogs at home to the Chiefs. And I, it could be worse. Yeah, I don't see the Chiefs the, losing che- two check, in a row. Check your injury report on that. Yeah, if the Chiefs had won this past week, I'd take the Bucks here, but I can't do it. And then Monday night, Rams and Niners. The Niners are 2.5-point favorites. How? I'm taking the Rams plus the points. Yeah, I, I think so, I just take the Rams too, on the money line. But two good defenses again. Could be fun. Absolutely. And that's just going to wrap it up. KT back in this chair tomorrow night. I'm Andrew the Fish Fane. That, of course, is Mark the Madman Hoke. This is SportsX Radio Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process. Happy New Year, my Jewish friends. We love you, Bernard.